Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Welcome to Huddle Up Podcast here on NGSCSports.com. Jim and Dave with you. It is Wednesday, December the 28th, 2016, our final show in the year 2016. Again, we are on NGSC Sports. We never stop. Visit the homepage for all of the written content and check out the bonus coverage, all of the shows on the NGSC Sports Radio Network by going to the homepage or going to Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn Radio app. Search NGSC. You can podcast our show directly. Search Huddle Up with Jim and Dave. We also stream every day on LeibSports.com. That is L-E-E-I-B Sports.com. Go to Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast and find all the links, all the info you need to know there. Be interactive. Like and share the page. And if you subscribe to us on iTunes, make sure you rate and review us. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Big Jim Sports and Dave on Twitter at dgerhart 24 that, that is at dgerhart G-E-R-H-A-R-T-024 on Twitter. And speaking of Dave Gerhardt, let's bring him in. Dave, how's it going, buddy? Good, Jim. How about yourself? Uh, Doing good, Dave. Christmas, no issues. Uh, all said and good. Uh, have a couple hours, so I have to run my sister down to BWI in Baltimore, so it'll be a uh, fun trek tonight. How about yourself? Uh, no, survive the holiday. Um, it, it's always busy as hell. We have five different places we have to go over the course of the couple of days, so uh, it, I'm still trying to recover from it. Um, and then when you have a Christmas dinner with, uh, I think it was 17 people in a kitchen that probably comfortably seats about 12 uh, it was quite an adventure considering like five of those were children. So, uh, it, it's fun. It's fun. I'm glad to be, uh, I'm glad to be back talking some sports and in a room where it's just me and, uh, and my dog. So, and he's over in the corner sleeping. So, um, I am happy to be here. I'm happy to be talking sports, Dave. Yeah, I can't argue with that. It's always, uh, always good to be talking sports and, uh, never hurts to be doing that. Absolutely not. Um, so kind of a, a little bit of um, 
we, we have a lot of bowl games. There's a lot of bowl games between now and next week. So obviously uh, we can't cover them all. We want to open up the phone lines. That number is 401-347-0613. Use PIN 29312. Again, that number 401-347-0613. And then use PIN 29312. So obviously, Dave, we're not going to get to every single bowl game um, that is going to be between now and next week uh, when we'll really only have one college football game to cover, and that will be the uh, college football playoff national championship. So um, where exactly do, do, do we want to do we want to cover here? What games do we want to cover? Obviously, we want to touch on, uh, for sure, probably some of the bigger ones. Uh, of course, the two semifinal games. I would think some of these, uh, the, the, the New Year's Six games, um, you know, I think those are probably the big ones. I don't know which other ones in between you want to cover. Well, Jim, I think it's, uh, I think the one thing that's uh, of interest to to you especially is covering the USC Penn State game. Oh, but um, of, I have but seen some rumblings on Twitter, and I, I don't know, again, rumbling, so it was on Twitter, so it has to be true. Um, but take it for what it's worth. I've seen rumblings that a couple Penn State guys are going to be suspended for the game. I haven't seen exact names. Uh, but I think this is a Penn State team is going to be pretty overmatched by USC to begin with. Uh, and if they lose anyone substantial in this, it's going to be, I don't want to say game over, but uh, they're going to have pretty much no way of competing here. And that, uh, that clearly spells bad news for them. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how they adjust and what adjustment they're able to make. But if this is true that they do have players suspended, uh, I, I got to believe that uh, USC has an even easier time with them, in all honesty. You know, Dave, um, a very brief press release sent out, I want to say today, I, I did see this, uh, if my uh, if my computer will cooperate here. Um, junior wide receiver Saeed Blacknall and the sophomore linebacker Manny Bowen have been suspended for the Rose Bowl, will not play against USC. The only reason given was the standard unspecified violation of team rules. Um, obviously, both uh, su- suspensions will impact both sides of the ball. The um, uh, Bowen started 12 of 13 games this season, tied for second uh, for the Nittany Lions in tackles for loss with 8.5. His 68 tackles are tied for fourth on the team. Uh, Blacknall has caught 15 passes for 347 yards. His 23.1 yards per catch is tops on the team, uh, while his three receiving touchdowns are tied for third. So, yeah, you're you're losing one of your best defensive players. You're losing um, your your biggest deep threat, which, um, you know, I, I thought if, if Penn State had, had a – I don't want to say a, a chance in this game because as much as I like to dog in them, they, they do have a chance and, and they, they've proven that throughout this year that, that, that they can find a way to win football games. However, I think you, you, you touched on it. You hit it well that, that USC is probably the, the better of the teams. Penn state's probably a little, um, a little bit mismatched and, um, you know, this obviously does not help. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I think this is one that uh, is interesting to me. I was obviously uh, out for a couple of hours this afternoon and didn't see that news. I saw grumblings of it early this afternoon. But uh, the thing that's interesting, uh, just getting home here and 
pulling up uh, the live Vegas lines is it looks like the line didn't move at all to this game. So that uh, that tells me that uh, Vegas thinks that this has very little impact on the game, which is kind of, uh, I don't want to say shocking at a gut reaction, but uh, you kind of expect to see a, a little bit more movement out of that. And I don't, I don't think a three-point move warranted, but uh, I, I, I got to believe that this line creeps towards 10 by the time the game kicks off. It's currently sitting at uh, – you shop around the right place, you can find a, low, uh, a six and a half sitting there. But uh, got to believe that this game uh, creeps towards seven, seven and a half, eight by the time it kicks. Yeah, and and, and looking at it, you know, I, I, I just I, I know what USC started the year as, and I know what they've been since then. And 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 to me, you know, that's the story. And and I mean, to Penn State's credit, they they've definitely. Um, you know they they've definitely improved over the course of the year at all, but you know I, I I thought for weeks and and you and I talked about it that if USC could get into the playoff that that they could be an extremely dangerous team and probably pose threats to any other team that made the playoff. Um, you know, obviously, unfortunately, that wasn't in the cards for them. Uh, but that you know they get into the Rose Bowl as a, as a consolation, I guess it is their. Thirty uh, third appearance uh, in the Rose Bowl game, where it has won seventy five percent of their matchups, including eleven of their last thirteen uh, in that game. So, it, it, obviously, they're, they're you know they're they're in a environment, in a state, in a stadium that they know well, that they are comfortable in. Uh, so it, it's it's almost. A, a home field advantage, if you will, for for the USC Trojans in this one. Um, I'll be curious to see how how well the the the, the Penn State fans travel for this one. Um, you know, it's kind of been a, a surprising year, and going out there uh, that it's uh, of course the the bowl schedule gets a little bit weird this this year because of New Year's Day falling on a Sunday. So of course the NFL is king. Uh, you can't disrupt Sunday. Uh, so like the Rose Bowl, or a couple a couple of their games are typically January first games uh, are shifted either to New Year's Eve or uh, to January second. The Rose Bowl is included. There is no college football uh, on Sunday. Um, you can't get like I said, can't get in the way of the NFL. Um, you know, so I'll be curious to see uh, way, how well the Penn State fans travel. Yeah, I think you're going to see Penn State fans travel um, extremely well in this one. I mean, it's—I don't, I don't want to be the prick here, but they've had uh, how many years now to save their money, and uh, it's actually an opportunity to travel. And I've heard uh, numerous, numerous alumni say, "Well, this is this is this is a great time to travel here. Uh, I, I, I've been waiting for this. I can't wait to see it happen, et cetera, et cetera." So. Um, it's definitely good to see them have a uh, have a chance to travel, and it'll be interesting to see what happens in this game. Yeah, just a couple of uh, of, of tidbits on on both teams. Uh, you know, as a as a team, not necessarily as this year's team. Penn State uh, currently tied fourth nationally with twenty eight bowl victories, ranks third in bowl winning percentage at sixty three percent with a twenty eight sixteen and two mark. Uh, that is among schools with at least twenty postseason appearances with this year's appearance uh usc 
uh, will uh, be playing in the Rose Bowl during the term of every United States president since 1929. I thought it was pretty pretty interesting as well. Uh, this year's Rose Bowl game is a 94-year-old rematch of the first Rose Bowl uh, played at the current Pasadena Stadium with the uh, 1923 rendition also serving as the initial bowl contest for each program. So a couple of neat tidbits uh, in, in this one just as a – as a as a general, as opposed to kind of, uh, you know, kind of a deep stat line there. Yeah, definitely, and I think this is going to be a uh, this is going to be a Rose Bowl game. It's going to mean a lot towards uh, what happens next year. You have two very, um, I don't want to say young and inexperienced schools, but you have two young schools that are that are uh, really looking to see what they can do and kind of set some tone for for next year and see see how uh, this is going to help develop the, the program and shape them towards the uh, the following year and hopefully build some momentum for them. Yeah, absolutely. So um, is there any, any other, any other thoughts on the, uh, on the Rose bowl that we have here? Um, I don't, I don't really think so. I think it's more of a uh, uh, just kind of, this, this is going to be just, an interesting thing to see how, how this game plays out. And I think it's going to say a lot about the teams for the coming year. And uh, I think I've kind of already covered that, but just, uh, just more of a tone setter for next year. And I think this is going to be interesting for me because I don't think of Franklin for Penn state as a great um, X's and O's coach. So I think this is a chance for him to put some uh, proof and some, some uh, solidif- solidification behind his ability to match up against teams. So I, I, I will be, um, I'm, I'm honestly really excited to watch this game with my pops, uh, Penn State alumni, and uh, it, it's going to be one of those good father-son things. But uh, very, very interested to see how this works. This game uh, plays out. Yeah, this one, you know, it, it's a game I always watch. You know, obviously, you know, being a, a fan of a, of a team that's an independent, uh, I never have a conference stake in this one uh, with, with the matchup being against two teams that I've um, – you know, because of a of a rivalry, have have learned to love to hate, uh, and and because geographically, I've learned to love to hate the other ones. So, um, I, I obviously don't have a rooting interest in this one. If you followed the show at all this year, uh, you can probably take a pretty good guess at uh, if I had to pick one, who I'd be pulling for. Um, and it's not the team from my home state. I'll I'll, I'll just say that. Uh, but it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good game to watch. I am curious to see how this one will play out. Um, two teams that, uh, again, you know, started off slow, turned it around, uh, had some big wins down the stretch, and and I think proved a lot of people wrong. And um, you know, they 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 didn't get they didn't get into that number four spot for the playoff. Um, but they you know both teams I think too are out to prove uh what you know to 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 the committee and to college football fans across the country um that that depending on what happens in the um you know in the Alabama Washington game i think the the, the teams in this one and, and a couple other ones are are going are going to almost going to be trying to make their case that hey committee you got this one wrong maybe take some things into consideration next year yeah definitely i mean i think this is one that uh, i know i've said a lot on, on a whole bunch of teams and i've been right on a lot of them surprisingly but uh this is one I think you look at Penn State, and I, I, I don't think there's any doubt that they get off the bus. Uh, they, they, they do want to play this game. It isn't a letdown game. Everything you've seen in the media is this is a big game for them, and they, they really, really are excited to be there. And 
especially after the midseason troubles, they're very happy to play this game. So I, I don't think there's any motivation factor or lack of motivation factor on the Penn State side. So I think that's uh, pretty good news on that one. But, uh, again, it'll be one of those interesting interesting aspects to see how it plays out. Absolutely. So uh, what game do we want to move on to now, Dave? I'll let this one up to you. I mean, I, I can talk college football with anyone. But uh, what, what I actually have uh, a little tidbit here kind of moving away from the bowl game. Okay. But, uh, it, 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 NFL draft kind of mixing both of them together. I wanted, I wanted to get to this before I forgot. Um, I saw an interesting tweet earlier today saying something to the effect of, well, of course the iPad is not going to cooperate now, so I can't pull it up. But um, it said something to the effect of, if you are a, a um, NFL GM and, you ha- and your choice of franchise quarterbacks are Kaya out of Miami, Trubinsky, Deshaun Watson, or Kaiser, what do you do? Um, are any of these quarterbacks worthy of being your franchise quarterback? I mean, those are the clear-cut top four um, quarterbacks that are going into the draft. Um, to me, if I'm an NFL GM with those those four options there, I'm probably trying to make a trade down because I don't see any of these as super um, – I don't even know what the word is, but I see, I see a lot of these as low-end franchise quarterbacks. If they're not great, um, yeah, they'll give you, they'll give you a – a um, shot at winning, but they're not going to go out there and win you games, in my opinion. Um, I, I think this is an extremely weak quarterback class. Uh, again, by I, I think the past couple of years have been pretty weak. But uh, I, I thought it was a very interesting question that this guy posed on Twitter. That what, what would you do if you're an NFL GM and these and you're a uh, you're a team that obviously needs a quarterback? What do you do at this point in time? Yeah, I, I don't. This to me, it's not a really a strong class. Um, and and you know, if if I'm an NFL GM, I, I think I'm with you a little bit. I think that you you know looked especially if you have a high pick, trade out of that pick for more picks. Um, you know, and if you have to draft a quarterback, you know, man. I, uh, you know, because Deshaun Kaiser, I, I think going into this season, many people were tabbing him as the, as probably the most talented or or what have you. But it, it didn't it didn't show on the field. Um, the offensive line didn't help him, but you know it it just didn't parlay. I don't think any of the I don't think any quarterback in college had the year that, um, in terms of the things that NFL scouts are looking for. Uh, I don't. I don't think it, it really panned out this year. So I, I don't think this is a strong class. So if I'm an NFL GM, I'm trading that pick, like you said, and 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 maybe I'm I'm going to get a get a rental quarterback for a year. Um, you know, there, there's going to be a, I think a couple of those. One most notably coming out of, um, you know, the the uh, the Lone Star State. There's going to be a guy there that, um, you know, is probably going to be looking for at least one year of work. Uh, and and I think you can get by and and wait for what will probably be a better class, um, coming out of college next year. I, this isn't a strong class f- for uh, you know for the the quarterback. I, I'm not the biggest draft guy. I'm not the you know that's something as we uh, draw closer, we may have to, to to bring a guest in on the show because it, it's something that, admittedly, I'm not I'm not really you know digging deep and and uh really get into much every year that time of year I'm I'm you know kind of in a in a hockey mode so um 
but but yeah, in terms of the quarterback class, I, it's not a strong one. I I don't I don't I think going for any of those guys high would just be a reach. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be. Uh, I mean, all of them have shown flashes of brilliance, but uh, you don't have that quarterback this year, and I think it's uh, purely evident by the Heisman. I mean, you don't have that quarterback that's shown that they're NFL ready. I mean, you have anyone that's that's NFL caliber week in and week out. They win the Heisman. I mean, the Heisman was won in a, a six month or six week standstill performance by uh, Lamar Jackson, and and you have anyone that uh, day in day out plays the the NFL caliber. They win the Heisman this year. Uh, so I think that's a huge factor, and I mean, it, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I mean, to me, there's not a quarterback worth drafting in the first the first round. Um, I mean, it, it's just a valuable question. I mean, you're, you're some of these teams that clearly need a quarterback. What do you do? I mean, uh, the, the the clear question is, if you're uh, San Francisco, you need a quarterback, do you, do you trade down? I mean, you can't tell me you can't get one of these four guys in the, in the later first round or maybe even in the second round, and you stack yourself with some more picks. I mean, Cleveland Browns, what do they do? They don't have a quarterback. The New York Jets, they don't have a quarterback, and it seems like they draft one every year, and it's uh, <laughs> uh, pretty much the, the graveyard for quarterbacks. I think the Browns draft like I think the Browns draft about four every year, and they go through all of them. <laughs> well, what do you do? You're in Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know. It, it's like I said, it's just, it's just not a strong class. So if if you're in those, if you're in those high draft spots, I think you can do a lot because there, there's, there's going to be, there's going to be talent at other positions, and there's going to be needs that those teams later in the first round and, and things like that that you can probably make a trade and get and get multiple picks out of it. And to me, I think for those teams that are going to be in those high spots, that's probably your best play anyway right now. Because, you know, are you going to reach to try and make a guy your franchise quarterback? Um, you know, and it's just that, and, and that it's just not there. I mean, you know, and I'm not trying to, you know, to, uh, you know, drink the Cowboy Kool-Aid, but I mean, the Cowboys got Dak Prescott in the in the fourth round. Um, you know, you're, you know, Tom Brady was what sixth round, you know, Romo was undrafted. There, there's, there's plenty of stories over the years of guys who were not your, your marquee number one overall pick that have done, um, done great things, uh, at the quarterback position. And there's obviously just as many, uh, you know, Ryan Leaf, Jamarcus Russell, uh, Tim Couch, to name a few that, uh, you know, were, were taken very high and ha- amounted to pretty much nothing in the NFL. So, you know, and but teams don't learn from the mistakes of the past and, and from the mistakes of others. So uh, almost undoubtedly somebody will reach, somebody will take one of these guys high, and um, more, more than likely I think that they will fall flat on their face. But... You know, if I, like I said, if I'm a GM, I am not. I'm not reaching. I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm going to try and trade that pick. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing is you got to look at your team needs. There's some. Uh, there's some pretty good tackles out there right now, and uh, I mean, I don't want to say uh, you, you can see what the the difference in offensive line makes in the case of the Cowboys, but uh, you protect your quarterback. It goes a long. Even throw my Panthers in there too. That uh, you can't protect the quarterback and you can't get pressure from the D line, and it, it completely flips the team. 
Um, last year we, we got the pressure and we, we were able to protect Cam and look what happened. And this year we're doing the exact opposite. Uh, we combined the last two years and we're right where we should be, but we had a great year and then we're having a subpar year. And it, it's, it's not all the quarterback. I mean, the quarterbacks are one throwing the ball, but uh, these guys are all in the NFL for a reason. They're, they're, you get them the protection and I don't care if you're on the Jets or you're on Cleveland or you're on uh, – you know, Seattle, Dallas, you get the protection. You're, you're an NFL caliber quarterback. You're going to be able to hit an open receiver eventually. Uh, so it's, it's one of those, it might be a better use of the pick protecting the quarterback, knowing that you can get someone decent further down in the draft. I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta think about some of these other uh, quarterbacks that are lower on the map that uh, might be good enough. I mean, Baker Mayfield potentially is out there. Um, a whole bunch of other ones. You just have to wait and see kind of deal. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so let's uh, let's get back to some some looking at some of these games. Obviously, I I would not be uh, safe in my own household uh, if we did not talk about the Orange Bowl, Dave. Uh, when you have uh, you have number six Michigan taking on uh, number eleven Florida State, it is the eighty third edition of the Orange Bowl. Uh, just the third time Michigan has played in it, the tenth time for uh florida state what do you have any uh thoughts on this one before i uh before i hit a couple of things um florida state and i know your feelings on michigan i think we both agree that they're pretty solid teams um this game to me is all about florida state i mean i think you look at florida state um their season was extremely front-loaded in the amount of uh and in the schedule and the, the talented teams that they played early on and so I think that this one is one to me that this is going to be a really good test for for Florida State here. Um, I don't know how they're going to um, come out on this game, but I think that this Florida State team is extremely talented, and I think there's only a handful of teams in the country that if you put them on a neutral field that they should be giving points to, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I think this Florida State team is easily a top ten team in the country and Jim I'll tell you right now that uh, this number is too high uh, currently Michigan's catching a touch laying a touchdown Florida State catching a touchdown uh, that number is too high this is a field goal game at the worst um, this is going to be a heck of a game you have two extremely talented teams here um, Florida State might have the most talented roster in the country aside from Alabama uh, they had some injuries that plagued them, but they're fairly healthy at the moment. So this is an extremely talented Florida State team. Uh, whether whether they win this game outright or not, I don't know. Um, but I, I know that this is going to be a heck of a game, and this is going to be um, two, two – I don't want to say contrasting in styles, but this is going to be two very different football teams playing each other. So it'll be, uh, it'll be very interesting to see how this one plays out. Well, yeah, and, and there are two teams coming in kind of in, in different um, – you know, two different – kind of points in their season and the ups and downs uh Michigan losing just two games all year but those have come in their last three games uh albeit very close Florida State comes into the game on a four game winning streak and winning six of their last seven looking to uh cap their if they with a win would cap their fifth straight year with double digit victories uh obviously for Michigan I mean you know Jabril Peppers but uh wide receiver Amara Darbo is their most consistent offensive threat uh, he's caught 52 passes for a career high, 826 yards, seven touchdowns. When you talk Florida State, you have to talk about Dalvin Cook, um, probably the key to their offense, rushing for uh, 16, over 1,600 yards, 18 touchdowns. He ranks sixth in the country uh, in rushing yards and in touchdowns. 
Um, you know, so I think right there is the key. Um, you know, both of these teams talented, uh, both of these, you know, each team has, is great in their own different way. And, and I think that the key in this one is going to come down to, uh, Florida state's ability to move the ball and score on Michigan's defense. Uh, I think Michigan can score enough on Florida state. If their defense does the job, uh, it's kind of been their MO this year. Uh, you know, the, the, the offense isn't, isn't going to be great. But it can be good enough because that defense is really, really good. Uh, you know, can they can they do it one more time? You know, that's uh, that's the big question um, for Florida State. Uh, you know, just an impressive number at, for their university, um, for their program, thirty fifth year in a row that they have played in a bowl game, including seven straight in as many years under Jimbo Fisher. Uh, Michigan in search of their first uh, eleven win season since twenty eleven and just the 10th in the 127-year history of football at Michigan. Both teams have won one game in their all-time series, Florida State winning in 1991, Michigan winning way back in 1986. Um, just looking at, at Michigan, uh, or excuse me, at injuries, Michigan quarterback Wilson Spate is probable with a shoulder injury. He should be fine to go. He, was, you know, he, he played in the Ohio State game. Um, a couple uh, of guys for Florida State questionable. Um, offensive tackle Brock Rubel is questionable with a leg injury. Defensive backs Marcus Lewis uh, and A.J. Westbrook. Uh, Lewis with a hip injury. Westbrook with a concussion. And uh, linebacker J uh, Jacob Pugh uh, is questionable with a concussion. So a couple of guys uh, that, that, that may, uh, may be banged up a little bit, may not be able to go. But uh, for the most part, these teams are both fairly healthy uh, and, and should be at full strength. And, and I think that that both of them, similar to what we talked about with the with the Rose Bowl, have a have kind of have a chip on their shoulder a little bit, have something to prove, and and I think it's going to make for a pretty exciting game. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there, Jim. I think this is going to be one of the uh, the better games to watch. Uh, it's just going to be very interesting to see how this. Uh, how this uh, comes out here because I could, I, I, I don't see a, a scenario where Florida state gets blown out in this game. Um, I do see the potential that Florida state blows out Michigan. Um, but I do not see a scenario that Florida state gets blown out. I'm saying blown out being by more than 10 points. So I think Florida state is an absolute live dog in this game. I think they have a chance, if not a very good chance at winning this game. Um, I know that's probably going to get me in trouble with your wife, but she's getting a little close for comfort in this bowl pick em, So uh, I'll, I'll take the trouble and uh, hopefully be able to pull away a little bit. Uh, but I, I think Florida State has a darn good chance in this game. Um, I think it is going to be a grinded out type game, but uh, I, I do like uh, Florida State's chances in this. So it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be excellent uh, game to watch. Yeah, no, it absolutely will be. Um... You know, again, we made our picks in the in the pick 'em pool. Uh, if you missed that, that was your own fault. Uh, no, no picks being made uh, on uh, on any in any of the shows uh, for college football uh, this week or next week. Uh, the number to call in if you're listening and want to get in uh, on the action four zero one three four seven zero six one three. Use pin two nine three one two. Again, that number four zero one three four seven zero six one three. And then enter pin two nine three one two. Yeah, should, I mean it should be exciting. You know these these games are all kind of stacking up. Uh, 
you know, over the next week or so to be to be uh, fun ones to watch um, for the most part. Um, you know, I, we, we, we certainly Dave need to talk about, um, the, the two semifinal games. So we should probably do those next, uh, to, just to make sure we get those in. We, we got to cover one more first. Just okay. Sure. I want to talk about them. Sure. 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 Um, the, the, the cotton bowl places. I think it's number eight, Wisconsin against number 12, Western Michigan. Um, this, this is a. A, an interesting game because you have the undefeated MAC champion in Western Michigan coming into play, Wisconsin. Um, well, not coming into, but at the neutral site, of course. Um, Badgers had their first uh, in, the, in their first six games. They played LSU, Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State. Uh, back when we thought Michigan State was going to be pretty good. Um, after those six games, they uh, they had to play Iowa, Nebraska, Northwestern, and then eventually Penn State. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to see how this will uh, how this one will come out. Um, obviously, Wisconsin, you have uh, Corey Clement rushing. Uh, I think he had 1,300 yards, uh, over a dozen touchdowns. Um, but the thing that, le- that that lurks with Wisconsin for me is they don't really have a quarterback. Um, they've been on and off switching quarterbacks, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how this comes out. Um, obviously, they have a pretty stout defense, but yet again, Penn State gave Wisconsin or Western Michigan a blueprint on how to beat the Wisconsin defense in the second half. There, um, the, the the Western Michigan team um, they they have some uh, they have a really good quarterback uh, in Zach Terrell. Uh, he, he's completing over seventy percent of his passes. Uh, he has a, a an NFL talent wide receiver in Corey Davis. Um, who I believe is second in the nation in touchdowns this year. And, uh, I mean, this Western Michigan team is pretty good. Now, they come from the MAC, So, um, it's going to be super interesting to see how the MAC champion and the, the clear cream of the crop from the MAC lines up against um, the Big Ten runner-up, for lack of better terms. Um, I don't think the MAC team in Western Michigan has gone against the defense as good as Wisconsin's all year. Um but the thing that's interesting is when you, when you see this type of a matchup is you normally don't see this good of skill position in the, in the Western Michigan team. I mean, I think you have a potential NFL-caliber quarterback and an NFL-caliber wide receiver on their team here um, that could potentially cause trouble against Wisconsin. The concern for me in this game is that I have serious, uh, serious concerns about how well Western Michigan's offensive line is going to hold up against Wisconsin D. Um, so I think that that is the, the key to this game, is if Western Michigan's line can hold up, I think they beat the Badgers straight up. Um, but that's a that's a bold um, thing to say, that the, the line of Western Michigan is going to be able to hold back on uh, Wisconsin's D-line. So uh, any quick thoughts on that game, Jimmy? I think the line's about a touchdown at the moment. So uh, pretty pretty interesting there. Well, the last time, and, and, I, and I'm not taking credit or, or anything away from Wisconsin's defense, but the last time we saw them, uh, Penn State wrote the book on how to score against them. And, and, and if there's one thing this Western Michigan team can do, it's put points on the board. So if I'm Wisconsin, I, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to try and figure out how to uh, you know stop the bleeding from the, from the Big Ten championship game. Um, you know, Western Michigan is a talented team. They are... Um, you know, they're a team that their 15 game winning streak is second only to Alabama's 25th. 
Um, you know, Wisconsin coming off their fourth appearance in six years, the Big Ten Championship, making their 15th consecutive bowl bid. I mean, these guys, um, they expect to play in a bowl. They expect to play in, in fairly big fairly big bowls. Uh, Western Michigan, it's their first Cotton Bowl appearance uh, in program history, third but third consecutive uh, bowl appearance under their head coach, P.J. Fleck. Uh, you know, it's kind of a tale of two teams. It will the and and you know, I, I it's the Cotton Bowl. It's you know, the, the like you said, Big Ten runner up. But you know, we we've given our thoughts on uh, the Big Ten and, and the way that shakes out. But you know, will the will the environments uh, shake Western Michigan at all? Uh, will they kind of be you know? you know, nervous, uh, you know, will, will that get to them in the early going? Uh, I, you know, this, this one is, is absolutely going to be an intriguing watch and, and w- without a doubt, um, you know, it'll be one that, uh, will be on my screen in the afternoon. I'll have to have multiple screens going that day. I haven't quite figured that one out because you'll have the NHL winter classic that day as well. Um, but you know, this one's definitely going to be one that has to be watched because the, the, the question every year is what, what can these, uh, quote lesser teams do, uh, in, in, in these big games and, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're 13 and 0 for a reason. Western Michigan is. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think there's two other aspects. You got to look at this Western Michigan cares. This is a huge game for them with recruiting. Um, if they can somehow stay in this game or, or even beat Wisconsin, they're going to get some extra recruits out of this. But uh, the other thing I want to say about this is can you imagine Western Michigan? You've you got the – I don't want to say you've got the best runner-up in the conferences, but if you had to pick a a conference runner-up from the, the conference title games to play, you can't tell me that Wisconsin is probably about the least favorite, least one that you wanted to play. I mean, your, your choices of – uh, what Colorado, Wisconsin, Florida of your major major conferences there? I mean, uh, who else would you? Re- I'd rather have either of those other two schools over Wisconsin personally. I mean, definitely Florida. You score ten points, you might win the game. Yeah, I mean the the, the conference, and again, I think that was kind of the point we we made a couple weeks back about uh, you know the 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 miss. Um, you know the the un, I guess the unbalance is the word that I'm looking for in in these conference lineups. When you have when you look at who the, the the champions are, and then you know who the who the runner ups are, it, it it's it shows you how big of a drop off there is from from one division to another. So yeah, you know Western Michigan is absolutely going to be primed for this one. You know where's where's Wisconsin at? And and that's going to be that 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 plays into to all of these, even the ones you know. There's going to be obviously plenty that we don't uh, break down and we don't cover. Uh, you know, you think about games where your your star players are, um, you know, the, the the that they are not playing uh, guys. You know, you know they they might play, but are they going to give a hundred percent because they don't want to get hurt? That sort of thing. It, 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 there's so many wild cards that go into these games. For sure. So uh, I'll, I'll let you transition over to whichever one of the uh, two playoff games you want to touch on first there, big guy. Well, I, I mean, I, I think the one that it, that most people probably assume is a little bit easier to call is Washington, Alabama. Um, and, and this one is, um, 
you know, it, it's the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, 3 p.m. on New Year's Eve. Uh, you know, you you have you have an Alabama team that that the story writes itself. Uh, like I said, twenty five consecutive wins. Uh, the, you know, this team is just uh, you know primed and ready. That that they're used to this environment. They're used to everything. Uh, you know, being in big bowl games, being in playoff semifinals, so on and so forth. Washington is is a little bit uh, you know is, is is a little bit in, in a different situation. Uh, where where they're not necessarily used to being on this big of a stage, uh, and 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 you know it has has come through, uh, you know the the Pac-12 and and even though suffering some lo- you know loss there, Alabama looking for its 16th national title, Washington in search of its second. Um, they lost to then uh, Washington lost to then number 20 USC on November 12th. They've won three straight since then. Um, the, you know, the Crimson Tide are the, this is their 12th undefeated season in the 113 year history of football at their school. Washington has never beaten Alabama. Most recent loss coming in El Paso, Texas, uh, way back in 90 or in 86. So of course, having no impact uh, whatsoever, uh, on this one is that, uh, in that game, uh, Alabama's 13th year in a row playing in a bowl game. They're eight and five. Um, in the previous 12 seasons, um, they have been ranked number one at some point in each of the last nine years. Uh, Washington 4-1 and one against top 25 programs. Key players to watch uh, in this one, uh, both the, uh, the quarterbacks. Quarterback Jake Browning, a tremendous season for Washington, throwing for 3,280 yards, 42 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. Um, the, he is second in the nation. In touchdowns, Toledo's Logan Woodside had 45 uh, this season. Jalen Hurts, the freshman quarterback uh, for Alabama, 2,592 yards passing, 22 touchdowns, nine interceptions uh, for the year, was second on the team with 841 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns on the ground. So, uh, you know, it's two teams that the offenses can score. Uh, Obviously, the, 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 the big thing is, what what can Washington do against Alabama's defense? Alabama's defense changes games, and they've done it multiple times this year. Uh, there's been points where where it you know kind of looks like you know, maybe this is going to be the week that Alabama loses. Then all of a sudden their defense uh, you know gets gets turnovers on three straight drives and some and scores on uh, two of the turnovers, and and they just completely change the game and, and shut down the other team. Uh, and and also you've given Nick Saban uh, weeks to prepare, uh, and and you know that's uh, that's always something that has to be uh, taken into consideration because the you know the last thing you want is to give him any time to prepare uh, for what you're going to do or could do against him. Uh, he seems to kind of be a wizard there. So obviously all the edges in this one uh, go to Alabama, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, Washington, again, they are there for a reason. They are one of the better teams in this country. I think that, and I said it before, they deserve to be in this spot. Uh, but, you know, will they be able to to outlast Alabama? I don't know. Yeah, Jim, I, I agree with a lot of what you said there. Um, this, is a, this is an interesting game. Um, 
I think the line's currently sitting about two touchdowns. I think I saw it as high as 17. So you've had some uh, uh, money that tells me that uh, there's been some money that has come in on Washington at that number, um, pushing it back down to 14. Um, Alabama, uh, I don't have any stats in front of me or anything, so I'm kind of talking off the cuff here, so take that for what it's worth. Um, But Alabama's been a team that uh, really hasn't impressed me, to say the least, um, a lot this year. I know this Alabama team is good, and some have been saying it is the best Alabama team ever. Um, but I'm not sure that I buy all of that. Uh, I, I'm not convinced with Hurts as a quarterback. Um, I, I, I think it's it's one he's gotten a lot of breaks given what's around him. Um, so I, I I still don't have my hand on how good this Alabama team is. I'll, I'll be the first one to admit it. Um, but I agree with you that I think that this is one that if I were looking to uh, do anything with, I would be looking towards playing some uh, some money on the, the over if anything had to come into it. Uh, obviously, I, I don't know how you don't pick Alabama straight up, um, but I, I, have, I, I have to think that Washington keeps this close. I mean, you're going into a game against Alabama, national spotlight, and you, you if you're Washington, you have to have the – I don't care if we get blown out by 40. That's what they thought we were was going to happen. But I'm going to do whatever it takes to give us a chance to win this game because why not tight mentality? So um, this, this is a game that uh, I, I have some questions on because I don't know how good Washington is either. I mean, you look at Washington's resume, and everyone talks about their marquee win being over Washington State. Um, Washington State just got throttled by Minnesota in a bowl. So how good does that win look now? So is the resume really as strong as it should be? I don't know the answer to that, in all honesty. But um, this, this Alabama team I'm still not sold on, which is pretty bad considering they're undefeated and uh, clearly the cream of the crop based on what everyone says. Uh, so kind of my, my take on this is this, is, this game, it, it, obviously I'm going to be uh, tuned into it in some aspect, but uh, this game is going to give me a better feel um, on these two teams and what we can expect the following game, which we will obviously discuss next week. So that's kind of my take on it, but this is a giant uh, I-don't-know game. Uh, how's that work for an answer, Jim? And I don't know. No, and I, I, you know, I just I don't think that we do. I mean, on, on paper, I, everybody, I think, is going to give the edge to Alabama, um, but there's a reason they play these games, and, and I'm I, I'm going to be kind of glued on this one because and 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 both of these semifinal matchups uh you know and and you know they they put them on you know new year's eve obviously the uh the fiesta ball a little bit later uh might get a little fuzzy by the end as we're starting to get ready to uh ring in 2017 but um you know it's i i i hate seeing the same team year after year after year after year so obviously i'm pulling for washington um I, I quite frankly don't know who I'm pulling for in the Fiesta Bowl, but um, which we'll talk about here in just a second. Uh, but yeah, the the you know this the, this matchup with with Alabama and Washington it has to be one of the most um I don't want to say toss up, but most most kind of watch and unknown. see yeah unknown watch and see type of games um, in 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 this entire bowl season. So when you, when you you know you have that in a playoff matchup, I think that's exactly um, you know the type of game that that the committee and this whole thing was designed to give us. 
is a, is a game where you just have no idea. You truly have no idea uh, going into it what exactly you're going to get, and and that's perfect. You if you if you knew it, it's probably not the best season for a playoff anyhow. I can't argue that at all. I mean, I don't want to get too into the committee here, but I would have loved to see an Alabama-Ohio State round one with Clemson-Washington in the other game, but that's neither here nor there. So um, I, I don't really have much else to say on this game in all honesty, but uh, it, it should be a very interesting one. Um, it should be very competitive. I, I actually think this is one of those games that it comes down to the final drive or Alabama wins by 40. And honestly, I wouldn't be shocked either way. Nope, I wouldn't either. So let's uh, let's quickly here. Uh, let's look at the Fiesta Bowl matchup. Uh, one loss, Ohio State versus one loss, Clemson. Uh, you want to throw the uh, phone number out there, quick, Jim? Again, yeah, four zero one three four seven zero six one three. You enter pin two nine three one two. For these two, for these two teams, obviously the, the the quarterbacks I think are probably the most notable players. Um, you know, on on these two two programs, uh, JT Barrett, twenty twenty four hundred and twenty eight yards passing, twenenty five touchdowns, only five interceptions, uh, eight hundred forty seven yards rushing, nine touchdowns. Deshaun Watson this year, thirty nine hundred fourteen yards passing, thirty seven touchdowns, fifteen interceptions uh, for Clemson. He is also the uh, number two rusher on the team, five hundred twenty nine yards and uh, and six touchdowns. Ohio State doing a lot of work on the ground, uh, 3,100 yards on the ground, averaging five and a half yards uh, and 33 touchdowns. Um, most recently, these teams have played in 2014. Ohio State has never beaten Clemson. They lost 40 to 35 back in 2014. Uh, the uh, Buckeyes have won five straight since its only loss of the season. Of course, the 24-21 uh, over, uh, not overtime, 24-21 loss to Penn State uh, on October 22nd. Uh, Clemson's only loss also came to a team from the Keystone State. That was Pittsburgh on a last sec- last second. Chris Blewett, what a great name for a kicker, by the way. Chris Blewett field goal on November the 12th. Uh, Ohio State is in search of its fifth straight season with at least 12 wins. They've won uh, eight national championships to Clemson's one. Uh, this is Clemson's first ever Fiesta Bowl appearance. Uh, second year in a row that Ohio State is playing in the Fiesta Bowl uh, in the 45-year history of the Fiesta Bowl game. The Ohio State Buckeyes are 5-2. and two. Uh, The Tigers, uh, Clemson Tigers have won double-digit games in each of the last six seasons. So, uh, and both teams uh, fairly uh, fairly healthy, no real injuries of note uh, to report going into this one. Um, where, where, what kind of thoughts do you have, Dave? This is the marquee game of bowl season to this point. I mean, I don't care about the other games. This game is so absolutely intriguing. I, uh, you could, you and I could be on either side and I could make an argument for either side to win this game. Um, you, you have the experience factor with Clemson. You have the urban Meyer factor with Ohio state. Um, but to me, when I'm looking at this game, this game comes down to how well are Ohio state's line doing. And by that, I mean, how well is the offensive line? How well is the defensive line? 
you watch Ohio State late in the year, and it started during the, the second half of the Penn State game. Both their offensive line and their defensive line were getting controlled at the line of scrimmage. Uh, if that happens, Clemson wins this game going away. Uh, I'm not saying going away by 30 points, but they win this game by double digits. Um, the, the, the thing that intrigues me about this game as well is there's holes in Clemson, obviously. No, no, no short story about that. No hiding that. But I think there's I, – I, the, the thing that concerns me about this, if I'm a Clemson fan, is you've given Urban Meyer a month to prepare for you. But on the same side, and I, I was talking about this with a buddy at Bowling tonight, um, I feel like this is going to be another New Year's Eve and another day where I'm, where I'm sporting the, uh, the Sammy Watkins Clemson jersey. I, I, I feel like they play every New Year's Eve in a meaningful bowl, and I think it started, oh, gosh, it's got to be four or five years ago when they played, uh, they played LSU and beat uh, Zach Mettenberger, who might be my least favorite quarterback of all time. Um, but I, I, I think that this is one that Clemson has the experience in this type of situation. This, this whole team is pretty, um, I don't want to say senior-ridden, um, but they, they, they've been here before. As they, uh, they, they made it versus Alabama last year the whole way to the title game, I believe. Um, but I, 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 there's something about this Ohio State team and with Urban Meyer and the, and the rest factor and the, the game planning I just can't overlook. Um, the, the line's currently sitting right around three. I'll, I'll tell you right now that uh, having no clue in this game, I, I'd probably gladly take a field goal on either side at this point. So I, I, I would love to, to probably grab a three and a half somewhere, which I don't know that we see. Um, but this is a game that I really don't have a feel, feel on sidewise. I think you could argue either side, but it should be one heck of a football game. Yeah, it absolutely should. Um, you know, these two... These two playoff matchups, obviously we talked about uh, our opinion on, on how the how the spots should have shaken up. Uh, but as now we're we're just a couple days away uh from from both of these semifinal games, the the games themselves, uh and, and this one in particular should be absolutely incredible to watch. Uh, you know, this this season uh ha- has been a, a little less enjoyable. Uh, for me to watch uh, from a college football standpoint, I've enjoyed the NFL game uh, a little bit more than the college game this year for multiple reasons. But um, you know the the this you know the, the 2016 is going to kind of going to go out on a on a really high note, I think, with, with these games and the games that are being played uh, on on Saturday. And and you know I I don't I truly don't know. And, and to me, that is the most exciting thing about these uh semifinal matchups is i just i don't know i truly do not know um what is going to happen in either of them because i i think that if 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 we you know if we had more time to sit down and 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 break down each and every reason why you know clemson should win ohio state should win alabama should win or even washington should win I think you can you can you could sit there and you could make the case for each and every one of these teams, and to me that is the beauty of the playoff, and that is why I've wanted a why I wanted a playoff for so long, and now that we have a playoff, that's why I want it to be eight teams because uh, you know I think it, it it just I think it makes a product that was already generally the more the more exciting more fun to watch football product across the board. 
even more, even more exciting because, you know, you're standing on the semifinal and, and, you know, maybe some years it, it, it is a little bit more predictable, um, you know, or even, you know, you go back to the, the, the national championship game days, the BCS days where, you know, you're like, this game is just too predictable. I don't think you have that this year. And I think that is absolutely great. And I think it's perfect. And, and I can't wait until Saturday. I mean, you just got to get through two more days of work and uh, I can't wait. Yeah, Jim, I, uh, I agree with you there. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, the, the thing to me that I, I saw this again on Twitter somewhere and I, I love the 18 playoff idea. I just think it'd be so much fun. But think about some of your matchups you would have with where teams are ranked currently. I mean, you'd have Alabama playing number eight, Wisconsin. Think about that matchup. You've got a real stout defensive line going against Alabama. I mean, that could spell trouble all over the place. Oh, sure. I mean, you sit there and you think about some of these matchups and just where this could end up at. And it's just phenomenal to sit there and think about. I mean, who, you have Michigan playing Clemson, is that correct? Ohio State? Yeah. That'd be the – it'd just be phenomenal to watch those teams. This year, watching these teams play each other again would be absolutely outstanding just to watch with the 18 playoff. I'm, my computer's being a little slow here. Oh, yeah. You have uh, – who the hell is number seven? Why can't I find it? Yeah, let me uh, – it's funny that we're – if there's one thing that – one New Year's resolution we have, it's, it's to up the uh, – the technology in this, uh, in the, in, in, in with this, uh, with this show, because I'm having, uh, I'm having some similar problems. So oh, Oklahoma seven, sorry about that. No, 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 that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, you would have, but yeah, you would have the rematch with Ohio state and, and Michigan, um, you know, Penn state, Washington would be fun. Uh, you know, you, yeah. Uh, Clemson, Oklahoma, I think would be a blast. And be the first one to 70. Yeah, exactly. Um and and this is one where I would I would just hope and pray that that somehow USC would have ended up at 8 and not Wisconsin because I think Alabama Wisconsin could be pretty ugly. Uh but if it if it would have been uh you know USC at 8 and you would have Alabama USC again, I mean it, you know to get that rematch with the way that USC's playing now compared to how they were at the beginning of the year. Uh, I mean, just think of that one. Think of, you know, there's so many great things um, that, that could be. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, can you imagine if they did this correctly and they kept the semifinals on New Year's Eve, New Year's Day type, and you got the, you got the other games? They would have been, like, uh, right before Christmas. Can you imagine having Alabama-Wisconsin slash USC right around that time period? I think that would just be absolutely phenomenal to add another game like that. Oh, it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. And I think, I do think it, it is just a matter of time uh, that, that that we're going to see it. I, I, I don't think it'll be long before we have an 18 playoff. I really don't. I, I just think that, especially if you have another year like this where, um, where you have – so many teams that that you know you could have had an argument for the number four spot and and you know it 
the the you know people throw the word controversy around. I don't know that it was necessarily controversial, but it got a lot of people talking. If you have another year like this, um, I think we see the the eighteen playoff sooner than later. Uh, Dave, any more thoughts before we wrap up hour one here? I don't think so, Jim. All right, so let's uh, let let's take the break here. Uh, let's do the uh, the stuff we got to get done here for uh, NGSC Sports, and on the other side. Uh, it's going to be NFL time, so stay tuned. Huddle Up Podcast, NGSCSports.com. Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Huddle Up Podcast live here on NGSCSports.com, our final show of 2016. It is Wednesday, December 28th, and we are we got done talking college football in hour number one, and then we're going to get to uh, our NFL discussion here, but remind everyone about the phone number that you can call in and talk to me and Dave. That is 401-347-0613. Use PIN 29312. Again, that number, 401-347-0613. Use PIN 29312. Make sure you visit NGSCSports.com, bookmark it, and uh, get all the uh, sports information and all that that you need because we never stop. We never stop bringing you the best in sports coverage. Also, go to Spreaker iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, search NGSC. Podcast Hour Show directly by uh, going to any of your podcast apps. Search Huddle Up with Jim and Dave. And also, uh, we have the subscribe link on our Facebook page. That is facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast. So make sure you uh, you visit there, like that page, share that page, tell your friends about that page, and the show as well. We would greatly appreciate it. So, uh, Dave, let's, uh, any any other thoughts before we start talking uh, NFL here? The, the only thing I will say is, uh, this is week 17, and this is probably the least excited I am to talk about the NFL all year. Oh, it sucks. Uh, I, I'd much rather spend the extra hour talking college more because uh, this NFL slate is beyond hideous. Yeah, it's – I mean, it's it's week 17. I mean, that that's about all we can, uh, we can say about that. Uh, you know, for people that are in fantasy football championships, uh, we wish you the best of luck because it, it just gets real weird – uh, in, in week 17, I am not one of those people in a uh, fantasy football championship. So this past week, Dave, you, you did something that you've only done. Uh, this is the third time now this year. You ha- you actually beat me in the uh, in the pickums this week. You went uh, you went 10 and six. I went nine and seven. 
Uh, the uh, the deciding game was that uh, Ravens Steelers game. So uh, once again, to the uh, to the Steelers and their fans and their team, screw you, <laughs> because uh, you uh, you cost me the week. Um, uh, overall in the standings, Dave, I am at uh, a sixty one percent correct. I am one forty six and ninety four. You are at fifty seven percent at one thirty six and one oh four. So you are ten behind me. Uh, going into this uh, this final week of the NFL regular season, um, gonna gonna be gonna be real hard to catch me at this point. Uh, much like I've been uh, been behind the eight ball with you in um, in uh, college football. Let's uh, let, let, let's do let's have a little bit of fun here before we look at this week's games. Uh, let's go back to our preseason predictions. And let's see how let's see how we did as we're going into uh, because I think almost every playoff spot is uh, is is determined at this point. So in the uh, in the NFC, Dave, to, to start the year, uh, I had predicted the Cowboys to win the East. You had predicted the Giants. Now you you got the Giants correct uh, in, in making the playoffs, but you got the that they won the division. I I, I got that completely right. Winning the uh, and this doesn't go towards our credit. This is just for fun. Um, the NFC South, you had the Panthers, I had the Bucks. We both sucked on that one. NFC North, that one is the is the playoff spot that is still up in the air. Um, you and I both had picked the Packers. So if they win <clears throat> Sunday night um, uh, against the Lions, the Packers would cinch that one up uh, for each of us. Uh, in the West, you had predicted Seattle, and you got that one correct. I predicted the Cardinals. I had Seattle going to the wild card. You um, you had the Cardinals going to the to the wild card. So I was completely wrong about the Cardinals. Uh, our wild card teams were Minnesota. Mine were Minnesota and Seattle. Yours were Arizona and Minnesota. So we were both wrong about Minnesota, and uh, and, and and obviously in a similar way, both wrong about Arizona. So we only got really one true prediction right as of right now in our, uh, in, in our NFC. Well, I, I, I will take that uh, because I know how good my AFC predictions were. So I, I'll take being tied with you in the NFC. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> you got one, right. But uh, we, we each got a division right in a wild card and uh, potentially the Packers. So I guess, uh, I guess we can live with two out of five in the NFC. Yeah, it, uh, but yeah, it's <laughs> strange, strange year in football. A lot of close games that uh, really the teams that could win the close games are the ones that's going to be in the playoffs. Whether whether or not they're the best, uh, the best six teams, I think uh, I think you could still debate that, and we could debate that for a whole two hour show if you wanted to. But uh, they're the te- six teams that we're going to have to see, and uh, like it or not, that's what we're seeing. Yeah, then we jump over to the AFC where uh, we both had the Patriots uh, winning the AFC East once again, and I, I think you know that one was uh, regardless of, of of touchdown Tommy's uh, suspension. I, that one was one that we uh, we, we felt pretty uh, pretty safe with. Uh, we both Tommy had cheater, not touchdown Tommy. Well, well, I mean, uh, to each their own, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, um, in, in the North, uh, you and I both predicted the Steelers. We were both right there. Uh, AFC West, um, I had the Raiders. 
you had the Chiefs. Now, this one is still up in the air. Both teams have clinched a playoff spot, but the um, the division is still up in the air uh, in, in terms of uh, – and, and I think – do they play this week? Now, Oakland plays Denver. Kansas City has – uh, if I can find it on my notes, San Diego. So, San Diego, uh, yeah. Yeah, there are, there are AFC West matchups that will be in play. Uh, all the Raiders have to do uh, is win. That may be a little bit more difficult, which we'll talk about here in just a second. So that one's still up in the air. We both had the Bengals as our number one wild card spot. Um, uh, that one, obviously, wrong on both sides. Hey, hey Jim. Uh, I'll get back to it. Don't worry. I'm going to circle back okay, around. Just... just- just wait, don't, don't, there, trust Michael. me, trust me, don't, don't let me put it out in any way that I, that I think you'd let me uh, skip over this one, uh, but look at the wild card teams, uh, we both picked the Bengals, that one way wrong, uh, I had the Chiefs as my second one, uh, so, you know, that, uh, that I got right, at least in terms of a playoff spot, uh, you had the Titans as your number two, they fell, um, they fell short due to their loss to what was my preseason AFC South division champion prediction, Jaguars? I was very, very wrong on that one. You, Dave, got that one right. So, um, you know, you had uh, three out of the f- three out of the four guaranteed division winners in the AFC, with uh, with the West still to be determined. Um, I'm guaranteed to have three out of uh or excuse me four out of six playoff teams uh correct uh which you will have as well so uh definitely a little bit better uh in the AFC on both sides but uh if you can successfully uh predict the AFC West you would have all four division winners uh correct from the preseason that would that would need a Chiefs win and a Raiders loss this weekend so we will obviously talk about those games in just a minute yeah, Jim. Uh, interesting. Uh, interesting. Just how the the AFC was a lot more predictable this year. Um, but you you happen to have the uh, the rest of the predictions while we're we're on them uh, as far as championships and uh, Super Bowl. Um, well, we I, I didn't write down our um, conference championship game predictions, uh, but uh, I had the predicted the Patriots over the Cardinals in the Super Bowl. You had the Packers and the Chiefs, Packers over the Chiefs uh, in the Super Bowl. So obviously your two Super Bowl teams still in play. Uh, only one of mine uh, is in play, and that would be New England. Uh, so, um, you know, in, 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 in terms of that, and something I, I, I like to do when I when I used to have the uh, my old Tuesday night sports podcast was um, when the playoff matchup, the first round matchups actually play out, is that is then make uh, is is at least just for fun anyway? Kind of make your your predictions with the uh, with the hindsight of, of seeing the way the season played out and see how the the two uh, you know go against each other and, and just where you were right on which ones and when. Uh, so that's always fun. We will get to that uh, on next week's show uh, before the uh, NFL playoffs start, but. Yeah, it's been a it's been a strange season. Obviously, the AFC seeming to be a little bit uh, more predictable, um, but it, it, I think it's just the way the NFL is. It, it's there. There's so much parity that you know next year it it could be the complete opposite. 
that we could think the uh, the AFC looks predictable and it, everything goes weird. The NFC looks predictable and um, you know, and it, or it doesn't look predictable and ends up being that way. It's just it's when when you have so many teams that uh, you know could be could be an injury or, or so away. Um, you know, from, from crazy things happening in, in one way or the next, you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's a, a, a very, very valid thing to say with the NFL. Um, so I'm going to kind of switch gears on you a little bit, then throw you a curveball because I love doing it. Okay. Um, but if, if you and I had to make a, a wager at the moment and I gave you choice, so I will take the team that you don't want to. Who who are you picking to win the Super Bowl, the AFC or the NFC? Oh, um, I would. I would. There isn't a correct answer, by the way. No, I, I I would probably give the edge, top to bottom. You know, if I'm go if I have to pick conference, I'd probably give the edge to the AFC. Um, I, I think they are the better conference. So, you know, depending what team shakes out of it, then, then, uh, you know, the, then it would change my opinion. But if I'm picking what conference I think has a better odds to win the Super Bowl, I'd probably go with the AFC. Um, because I, you know, I think that the, the chiefs are really good. I think the Patriots are really good. Um, you know, the, the Steelers are always, they're kind of one of those teams similar to the giants where you if they if they're in you you have to as much as I hate to admit this you know you, you have to kind of think you know that, that, that there's probably at least a, a chance there um and and the raiders i mean obviously the the wild card here is um what what is that team going to be like without Derek Carr uh but you know i, I think top to bottom the AFC is a little bit better i've said for for weeks that um I, I don't I don't think the NFC is all that strong. Um, I, the Giants are very beatable despite a very good defense. Um, even the team that that's far and away the best in, in the Cowboys, they they have areas, and we talked about with Anthony uh, on his call last week. There are areas of concern uh, with the Cowboys, despite being what I what I think, and I, I don't I don't think I'm just being a homer here are the, the clear-cut best team in the conference. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think you – this playoffs to me as a, uh, as a guy that likes to dig into games is going to be absolutely phenomenal because I think you have, a, you have multiple situations where you can have a – I mean, you look at the Cowboys and if they draw Seattle the first round, that's a very interesting matchup for Seattle because it's – Seattle and Dallas because it's – which team shows up here? I mean, do you get the home Seattle team that makes their, their two good games of the year on the road? Do you get one of those? I mean, that's a nightmare potential matchup for you guys if the A-plus Seattle team comes out. I mean, it, it's just one of those. It, it's so finicky, funky. I don't know what you call it this year, but um, you have to throw the ratings aside when looking at these games in the coming weeks because they are so um, matchup dependent this year. I mean, you look at uh, Pittsburgh, for example. I think they're the three seed. And, uh, correct me if I'm wrong there, but uh, they yeah. have potential that that uh, they're not going to play a a decent quote unquote by expert prediction. So they're not going to play a decent team until they would travel to New England for the the AFC Championship. I mean, it's got some uh, 
serious, interesting factors involved there that you could uh, you could realistically see Pittsburgh traveling to New England not batting an eye. Um, but it, it again, it all depends on matchups and who ends up where. So it, it's it's a uh, very interesting dynamic in the NFL playoffs this year, and I, I don't think other than your two obvious uh, teams in the Patriots and the, uh, the the Cowboys, that you have a a real clear-cut choice to make it to the playoffs. I mean, I could argue almost any team in the playoffs that, the, hey, they're going to beat this team because of this, they're going to beat the next team because of this, and they're going to knock off the Patriots because of this. So I think it's one of those, it, it's going to be a fantastic football season, to say the least. Yeah. Um, but uh, before we dive into some more, you want to throw the phone number out there again, big guy. Yeah, again, that number, 401-347-0613, and then enter pin 29312, 401-347-0613, use pin 29312. Last thing before we get into the games, obviously this past weekend uh, we saw injuries to, uh, to to Tyler Lockett for Seattle, uh, Marcus Mariota, and uh, Derek Carr. And it and it's raised this this debate that I mean it comes up every year, but I think with this obviously with with, with Carr and Lockett, uh, those injuries are going to resonate through the playoffs for both of those teams. Uh, obviously for the Titans, they they miss the playoffs. Um, but you know, should teams you know sit their players when the games seemingly or or mathematically, I guess, don't really matter and. You know, for for the Cowboys, they you know they've kind of taken this hard stance, and I think it'll soften a little bit on Sunday, depending on how the game goes. But they said that they're not going to sit Dak, they're not going to sit Ezekiel Elliott, um, and and I, I think that's a smart play for the most part because you, you have a bye week coming up, uh, you know, you know next weekend, so you don't want to you don't want to sit guys for two to three weeks going into a into a playoff game, especially when they're rookies. Um, I you know guys can get hurt at any time. Guys could get guys could tear a quad in practice. I mean, you're, you're going to be practicing. They could tear something in practice. Um, How is that the first injury that comes to your mind? Tearing a quad? I don't. I don't know. It just it just kind of came out. I I have no idea. It is it is. A, I mean, that's obviously a freak injury. But uh, I mean, it's it's my, my thought on this is is it comes down to. To a to a team by team call in my in in the way I look at it, if I'm if I'm the coach, if I'm the you know if I'm making the call, I'm I'm not benching guys at least until in the second half uh, of every game because you have to have real real life real game situations because you can practice all you want, but until there's a different team with their own game plan and their own audibles and the changing their own looks. You can't simulate that. You can't simulate what another team is going to do and uh, reacting on the fly in in the stadium, live in the stadium. So you you have to put guys out there, and I'm totally fine with you know the the, the Cowboys putting Prescott out there this Sunday and putting Elliott out there this Sunday. You have to do it. You absolutely have to do it. Um, now, if your team doesn't have the bye week, you know maybe. Maybe you you rest guys for the whole second half of week seventeen. I, but especially if you have the bye week, these guys have to play. You know, they, there's so much uh, you know to it in the NFL about rhythm and things like that. So, um, I, I think it's more dangerous to sit guys. Yeah, Jim. Um, 
I, I don't know how I truly feel about this. The, the one thing I will say is um, I, I think the, the key thing that you said is if you don't have a buy, it's more up in the air. I mean, I 100% support uh, teams like Pittsburgh this week who have said that they're resting their guys. Um, I, I don't have an issue with that. They have some guys that have had historically injury problems. Give them the week off. I mean, you, you realistically, you go into Cleveland and you get beat by 21, it's going to do absolutely nothing the following week. Um, I think it's a better strategy to come out and say something like this, that, hey, we're going to rest our guys, we're not going to play anyone, than, oh, I'm going to suit you up for a half. Because you shoot them up for a half, yeah, they're going to play hard, but they're not going to give you max effort. And then that's when you don't give max effort and you're kind of uh, dilly-dallying along, um, that's when injuries happen. And that's what I worry about. I mean, I think that to me this is either a full-game effort if I'm in this situation or this is a no effort at all and you're not playing type of game. So uh, kind of my two cents on that, but I don't really have a strong opinion one way or the other. Uh, I, I think it's something, though, if you have Dak that has a lingering shoulder issue or something along that line, you give him the extra week and rest him. Because it's more important that he's healthy and weak uh, in, in the playoff weeks than it is for him getting a little bit more experience, in my opinion. So um, kind of my two cents on that. I don't think it's a, uh, a clear-cut and dry black-and-white answer. I think it's more dependent on the, uh, the coach knowing their team. But uh, that's also why the coaches get paid the big bucks is to make the correct decisions in these. And I don't think there's a, a proven successful way at this point. So it's kind of all uh, knowing your team, managing your team, um, and, and you've got to be able to get the most out of your team in the playoffs. So uh, how's that for being a, uh, a politician and walking the middle line there? Uh, it's what you do best, Dave. It's what you do best. So let's look at uh, the, this weekend's slate of games, if you want to call them that, starting. They are all on Sunday. Um, most of them at one o'clock. So let's look at it. Chicago at Minnesota, uh, one o'clock on Fox us bank stadium, Minnesota, a five point favorite in this one. Um, despite Chicago looking better at times on with Matt Barkley. And what does that say about how bad Jay Cutler is? Um, uh, I like Minnesota in what will be just an awful, awful game. I'm going with Chicago. I need to make up games. I think that's going to be the theme of this. Um, Jacksonville. Well, when you pick stupid, it will be. <laughs> Jacksonville at Indianapolis, 1 o'clock CBS from Lucas Oil Stadium. Indy, a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. I like the home team, despite Jacksonville's huge upset of the Tennessee Titans last week. Yeah, um, I, I am a little torn on this one just because uh, Jacksonville is playing – for, uh, I don't want to say their lives right now, but for a job with the new coach coming in. And uh, when, when you get a team that all of a sudden realizes that they're playing for their job, uh, you generally get a max effort out of them. So that, that, that's a tough thing to, um, I don't want to say handicap or uh, to look into in the game. It's that, that uh, non-statistical thing that you have to really dig into. Um, but how the hell with it? I'll pick Jacksonville. All righty there. Um, the Cowboys at the Eagles, the Eagles, a four point home favorite. I guess they are, uh, planning on the Cowboys going, uh, you know, going easy in this one due to their, uh, due to their spot. Um, I I'm of course going the Cowboys this one, one o'clock on Fox Lincoln financial field. But, uh, yeah, no, no question for me going Dallas. They're looking to go to 14 and two. 
No question for me. Going against Dallas, I'm going to run my record to 2-14. and 14. Perfect. <laughs> New England, a 9.5-point favorite at Miami, 1 o'clock CBS Hard Rock Stadium. You know how much will uh, how much will the the Patriots play their uh, play their starters? They have everything locked up that they can in the uh, AFC. Uh, you know, in this one seating on both sides um, is is fairly set. So uh, I don't know what will happen here. I am picking the Patriots uh, to to travel on the road despite uh, and win despite Miami usually playing them pretty well. I think uh, Miami tends to beat New England when New England comes to town, but um, I be I believe New England is playing for home field advantage this week, so I think they have a little something to play for. Uh, so I'm going to take New England as well. All right, then we have the the now uh, the now coachless, if you will, uh, Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets, one o'clock on CBS from MetLife Stadium. Buffalo still a three and a half point favorite. Uh, again, I think this is going to be one of those situations where you uh, you see the coach get fired, the the players kind of maybe fear for their own spots, so they play a little bit harder, uh, and the Jets suck. So Buffalo wins this one. You got another one right, Jimmy. Go Bills. All right. Uh, Carolina at Tampa Bay. Tampa, a six-point home favorite. Uh, Raymond James Stadium, 1 o'clock on Fox. Um, you know, neither team uh, will be in the playoffs at this point. Or maybe maybe there is still a scenario for the Buccaneers, but um, I like Tampa at there, home. There is a scenario for the Bucks to get in. So it would be they would uh, win, Washington would have to lose. Uh would be Washington loses and Detroit loses, right? Tie with the Giants. Okay. Man, it just gets wacky, some of these things. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, they have something to play for, uh, and they're, in my opinion, the better team this year. So, Tampa Bay. Man, could you imagine at the beginning of this year that we were talking that Carolina would be six-point underdogs to Tampa Bay at any point in it? Well, to be fair, I had Tampa Bay winning the South. Uh, and the and the Panthers missing Six point the postseason. Well, the ta- well, I'm, I don't know. I, I I thought that the Super Bowl hangover was going to was going to be pretty strong this year. I really did. Well, I'm done talking, so I'll take my Panthers one last time, and then this season is finally over. <laughs> I know the feeling on that one. Uh, well, at least mine was in college. Houston at Tennessee. Tennessee a three-point favorite, 1 o'clock CBS from Nissan Stadium. Uh, I like your uh, – I hate to say it because you made the pick, the division champion Texans to go into Tennessee and get the win. And I believe when I made the pick, I was uh, all but laughed at because you were so sure of those Jaguars. Um, I, I am taking Tennessee in this one. I, I think it is a game that Houston sleepwalks through because of playing in the the following week. Um, but I think that this uh, I think this is going to be an unwatchable slot fest fourteen uh, ten type of messy games. But uh, I think Houston. Um, I, I think you're going to get a max effort out of the, the quarterback with uh, oh uh, Marcus being hurt again, uh, kind of the Matt Flynn type thing. And if you can play huge, uh, you might be able to get some uh, bucks in the off season. So uh, I'm going to take Tennessee in that one, but uh, who cares? Yeah, 
Uh, Baltimore at Cincinnati. Neither team uh, making the postseason. Baltimore falling short of that goal. Uh, Cincinnati, two-and-a-half-point home favorite at uh, 1 o'clock CBS, Paul Brown Stadium. I don't I don't get – I mean, even with home field advantage, uh, if you want to call it that, I don't see how Cincinnati's a favorite at all. Baltimore goes in and gets the win. Wow, this is my lock of the week, Jim. Cincinnati beats Baltimore. Baltimore doesn't get off the bus after losing that heartbreaking game to Pittsburgh the week before. I love Cincinnati in this spot. Uh, love them, love them, love them. Who uh, All righty. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh a six-point home favorite. The last of the 1 o'clock games, CBS, uh, of course, from Heinz Field. Even though, even with Pittsburgh uh, sitting the, the the players they announced today, I, I don't, I still don't see them losing this game. Cleveland got their lucky win of the, win for the year, uh, and and that's going to be it. I think well, they're going to they're going to finish one and fifteen. Well, they won one, so why not two? Uh, I'll take my chances with Cleveland with uh, Pittsburgh sitting everyone that they're sitting. I'll I'll, I'll roll with it. Uh, why not? All righty. New Orleans at Atlanta, 425 p.m. Again, I think this was one of the games that was moved around because of the uh, Green Bay-Detroit flex. Um, Six-and-a-half-point home favorite for Atlanta uh, on Fox at the Georgia Dome. Yeah, I, I think Atlanta uh, you know, is, is, is rolling, and I think that uh, there's still a um, – there's still a buy at play here. Uh, between them, if if they win, they guarantee that they get the buy and not Seattle. Uh, so Atlanta at least has something to play for. I like Atlanta at home. I agree with you in that. Uh, Atlanta's got something to play for. Although the thing that uh, I don't want to say worries me in this one, but uh, it has to be be taken into consideration here is what happens um, if someone goes down, and I'm thinking Julio or Freeman or something along those lines goes down quick for Atlanta. Do they just shut it down to keep everyone else? healthy um i don't know the answer to that but i think atlanta's the better team and will somehow win this probably by a field goal yeah absolutely the new york giants at the washington redskins seven and a half point favorite for the redskins at home 425 on fox uh from fedex field uh washington still has stuff to play for here uh as a possible chance at a at a wild card bid uh is on the line and because the lions don't play until the night game uh, the Redskins have to win this one uh, to even stand a chance. Uh, the Giants are, are are pretty much locked in uh, to that uh, to that number five spot. So uh, I think they they might go on a little bit of cruise control. So I like the Redskins uh, to win at home and at least give themselves the chance. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the NFL and their uh, astute officials are going to have no way that Washington. Um, doesn't win this game, so it's a uh, win-and-be-in type scenario in the, the Detroit game because uh, I think they want that for their ratings. But uh, I, I have the belief that the NFL does some uh, shady things at times. So No, uh, but I think, uh, I think not the NFL. How could you say such a thing? Bold breaking news with Jim and <laughs> Man, we are, we are breaking news here on uh, on the show. Um yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you, Dave. Uh, 425 on CBS from Qualcomm Stadium in San Diego. It is the Chiefs, a five-and-a-half-point uh, road favorite against the Chargers. Plenty still at stake with this AFC West game, uh, both the AFC West games. 
uh, at, at 425. So uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs on the road. San Diego just really not that good. I think maybe uh, one of the, the, the more disappointing teams this year. Good pick, Jimmy. Kansas City wins. The Walrus is getting the division title as a preview of the next pick. All right, uh, then we have Oakland at Denver, CBS, uh, 4.25 p.m., probably for the last time at Sports Authority Field. I would think by next year that the, the, any last remnants of, uh, of Sports Authority uh, and the naming rights would probably be gone. Uh, Denver, a one-and-a-half-point home favorite uh, in this one. Uh, I think that probably has a lot to do with the injury to Derek Carr. Uh, if Denver had anything that resembled an offense, I might be inclined to pick them, but, uh, Oakland, even with Matt, I pulled McGloin, uh, are they're going to pick up the win here? Uh, you are, you are so punny tonight. <laughs> uh, Denver is going to win this game and give the Chiefs the division title. So I get all four divisions correct. That can't NFC. happen. That can't happen to me. Not in the NFL. If it was college, I'd believe it. Um, Seattle at San Francisco, 425 p.m. on Fox from Levi Stadium. Seattle, nine-and-a-half point home favorite. That one's pretty easy. The Niners suck. Seattle wins. You got it, Seattle. Uh, just a, two more games left. Arizona at the L.A. Rams, 425 from the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, this one also on Fox. Arizona's seven and a half point road favorite. Again, uh, just for again for the reason that the Rams suck. Um, Arizona. I agree. Uh, you, you might get some effort out of the Rams here just because of the whole coaching vacancy type thing. Um, but I, I am taking uh, Arizona. But uh, before I, 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 I stop on that, can you imagine – if the Ryan brothers become the coach in Los Angeles, oh god, like the perfect spot for them with the drama and everything coming out of L.A. Oh, I'm just throwing that out. I'm, there. I'm almost sure it'll happen. <laughs> I mean, really, let's be honest about it. Um, but then, last but not least, this game was so much implication, especially if Tampa Bay uh, loses and or excuse me, Tampa Bay wins and the Redskins win. Uh, this one for the NFC North and more. Uh, Green Bay, three-and-a-half-point road favorite at Detroit, 8.30 p.m., uh, NBC, Ford Field. I have the Packers winning. They are one of the hotter teams in the league right now. They are playing extremely well. Um, I think the Lions, although, I mean, playing considerably better than I think a lot of people would have assumed them to be uh, at this point, I think – the pressure is going to get to Matt Stafford. I think the pressure is going to get to this team who's not used to being in this spot. The Packers know how to play big game football, and that's exactly what is going to happen. Uh, and they're going to win, and I think they're going to win big. Interesting. I uh, I, I kind of like Detroit in this game. They're just kind of flying under the radar, but this is a – this is obviously the toughest game of the week because it's really the only game that matters the entire week. Yeah, basically. Um, I, I need I need to pick up games on you, so I'm going with Detroit. Uh, they're at home in a must-win game. Uh, it, it should be a hell of a game to watch Sunday night. Yeah, it absolutely should be. So there are nine games we have differently, Dave, uh, meaning seven that we agree on. Uh, and, and that's pretty much going to do it here. 
Um, you know, I know you have a pretty early morning, so we're, we're going to wrap this thing up uh, a little bit early again. Week 17 in the NFL season uh, never really uh, gives us too much to talk about. Um, but but really, just my closing thoughts here, 2016, um, with, with this show and, and where, where we're at. Uh, college football uh, gave us tons of unexpected uh, stories and unexpected, uh, you know, games and the way things played out. Uh, the NFL uh, had its fair share as well, I think. You know, and, and you know, I'm, of course, super happy with where my Cowboys are. Would not have uh, in a million years thought that uh, they'd be 14 and or 13 and two going into uh, uh, the the final week of the season. Um, never would have thought my Fighting Irish would have went four and eight. So um, it, it's a, a complete flip flop of where I was. But uh, 26 has been a fun. 2016 has been a fun year. Uh, we have a, a lot of fun stuff planned for 2017. We're gonna keep this show going. It's not just going to be a football show. We're gonna find ways to make it enjoyable um, uh, in in the new year. So. Uh, I want people to stay tuned for that. We've had great callers, uh, great discussion, and and, and we're going to uh, uh, continue that uh, and, and make it more exciting, more interactive, make it bigger and better uh, next year. I can't thank uh, the, you, Dave, enough uh, for uh, for jumping on board here and, and, and riding this journey. And uh, for everyone that's been a part of it, uh, I do appreciate you. Uh, Dave, if you want to give your, your closing thoughts here and, and – and we're gonna uh, we're gonna put a bow on 2016. Yeah, Jim, uh, I, I can't echo that enough with you with the show and everything. Uh, thanks for putting up with my nonsense uh, week <laughs> in week out, and uh, all, all the guys that have jumped on board and uh, listened to our show and uh, participated in everything, and uh, even commenting on the Facebook page and uh, all those other items. Uh, we we do appreciate it. I mean, uh, we, we put some time into the show, and we're we're dedicating more and more time each week. I think to the show. Um, and I think it's going to be better in 2017 than it has been in 2016. Um, we're going to, we're going to keep expanding and going in depth on some more, uh, some more sports and some other topics, um, with some contests and some other things. Uh, but, but you, you look at the year 2016, um, I, I think it's been kind of a, a coming out party in the, in the football world. I think is the best way to say it. you've had a lot of these older stars, um, that have kind of gone by the wayside, uh, for, for lack of better terms. And you've had all these, these new stars uh, emerging and uh, continuing to trend upwards. I mean, the, the year started with my Panthers obviously losing in the, the Super Bowl, which uh, they've continued the losing trend throughout the year, which obviously means 2016 was not a good NFL year for me. Um, but you have had a lot of uh, coming out uh, and, and other uh, items from, from a lot of these players creating a, uh, a very uh, parody within the league. Uh, it's a term we've used a lot, uh, but I definitely think you're, you're, the, the quality of football is uh, is stationary. I don't think it has improved at all. We've talked about that a lot, um, but you, you, you've also seen the the, the college game uh, continue to get more more followers and more viewers, um, which is something that I absolutely love. Uh, I, I, I'm a football fan, obviously, but uh, everyone on the show knows that uh, college is near and dear to my heart, uh, even over the NFL. That I take a uh, I take a college football Saturday over an NFL Sunday any day of the week. Uh, probably in the minority on that one, but uh, it's been a fun ride in 2016. Uh, obviously, look forward to what 2017 is going to bring us as far as uh, not only the podcast, but uh, football itself. I mean, you have the draft coming up, and uh, 
lots of other things are going to wrap out the year and uh jimmy will send you over a uh a, a box of uh tissues when the cowboys are one and done in the playoffs so I'll, I'll supply that for you but uh thanks for putting up with us on the ride and uh we look forward to a a uh, wonderful 2017 uh lastly i'd like to wish all the followers a happy happy and uh good luck with the new year of course uh, so enjoy the games this weekend. There are some absolutely phenomenal ones on the slate in the college world. But uh, hope everyone is uh, safe and has an excellent New Year's. All right, Dave. Uh, I hope you have a safe and happy one as well, buddy. And uh, next week we'll talk to you in uh, their first show of the new year. You got it, big guy. Have a good one. All right, you too, bud. Take care. So that's going to do it, folks. 2016 is uh, is officially in the books. We are done with 2016 here on the Huddle Up Podcast. We again thank you to NGSC Sports. Thank you for being a part of it. Tune in next week and each and every week at 9.30 p.m. Wednesday nights, NGSCSports.com. And uh, visit the homepage for all of the content we have there, all the shows on the NGSC Sports Radio Network by searching NGSC on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn Radio app. Subscribe to us by searching Huddle Up with Jim and Dave on uh, iTunes or Android. Also streaming daily at leapsports.com. That is L-E-E-I-B sports.com. I'm on Twitter at Big Jim Sports. Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast is the place to go. Be interactive. Share it. Like it. Tell your friends about it. Tell your friends about the show. But sincerely, thank you to each and every one of you for being a part of the journey. And have a safe and happy new year. And we'll talk to you next week. Until then... Go for the win. Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you.